Welcome to the In His Image podcast, a series from Christian Concern with me, Paul Huxley, and Ben John. We'll be looking at questions raised by the book In His Image by Stephen McCoyd and seeing from the Bible how God's design for humanity is good news for individuals and society. We're coming towards the end of our In His Image podcasts, and we're moving on from the issues that we've been looking at to thinking about how we actually engage wider society, our culture, with those issues. So today we're looking at our engagement with wider culture and how we can apply these truths to our current situation. Ben's going to start us off by reading from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So our questions for today are, what advice does Peter give us about our engagement with wider culture? How can we apply this to our current situation? If you want to take a moment now to read through those verses and think about those questions, please do so. So Ben, kick us off. Well, just in those first few verses, something that really jumps out um, is what uh, Peter says there, even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. And I think something that we should really be encouraged and, and, and be prepared for is that suffering, is that opposition. I know we've talked about this in, in previous episodes, but it's hugely important that in all that the all the cultural engagement that we do, um, that we're courageous and that isn't a courage from within it's a courage that we need to ask God for if we feel that we we do struggle with fear if we do struggle with putting our head above the parapet but what does what does Peter say do not fear their threats do not be frightened and so we should be bold in our cultural engagement and in speaking into uh, the different issues that we we engage on the, the issues that we've spoken about um, over this series on marriage on abortion on on gender we 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 should know that when we are opposed when we are persecuted when we are um, maligned for speaking into these issues that it's actually a blessing even if you should suffer for what is right you are blessed that's right and one of the assumptions of this passage is that the christians are going to come into contact with people who disagree with them and who may possibly slander them um there's not this idea that the the church can just be on its own and totally detached from society. Uh, but the assumption is that they're going to be rubbing up against their neighbours who don't necessarily believe in Christ and that are going to ask them uh, for the reason, for the hope that the Christians have. And that not only uh, assumes that that they're rubbing up against their neighbours, but also that these Christians are characterised by hope. If their neighbours are going to ask them for the reason, uh, for the hope that they have, then the Christians must be displaying this in their lives. They must be saying some things. They must be living like those who have hope. And so we can see uh, two things there, not just 
the common point that we do need to be prepared to give an answer and to to speak about the hope that we have. But even a step back from that, to be marked by hope in the first place as Christians, that should characterise us as Christians. Certainly, I think far too often when we when we think about the different issues that we're engaging on, it's easy for Christians to just fall into despair, uh, to fall into anger, uh, to fall into bitterness and resentment that effectively the non-Christians don't actually see anything in us that they would want. The reality is, is that in all these situations, in the darkness that we're in as a nation, um, in all the bad things that are going on and the trajectory um, to decline and apostasy and increasing liberalization and all the, the bad things that are happening, we still have hope and we still have joy and we still continue to delight in God and his goodness and his promises. And people should still see that in our lives and see that hope. As you say, we should be characterized as people of hope. And so in all the cultural engagement that we do, we do it with hope. We do it with joy um, because we trust God and we know that we don't do it in our own strength. That's right. And in fact, the joy of the Lord is our strength, um, as we know. And one great way of cultivating that hope is to be clear in our own heads about the reasons for our hope. And so we do need to think about these sorts of issues Um, First of all, the gospel and our gospel hope, but also everything else that we hope for out of our new hearts that have been transformed by Christ. So we need to understand what we believe in order to give those answers. And the actual questions that we're likely to be asked in culture today um, aren't necessarily the same ones as 50 years ago. Even a question like, is science compatible with Christianity, has taken a backseat Um, in our cultural discourse, in what we talk about as a society, to simple questions like, uh, what is a man? What is a woman? And that's a reason why we're doing these podcasts. It's to dive into, uh, in a simple way, the biblical teaching on those kinds of topics. Yeah, most certainly. I, th- I think we need to really reclaim that joy and, and, and that belief in the goodness of the Christian worldview and the goodness of what um, Christianity has to say about all aspects of life and culture and the world and reality. In a time where we're becoming increasingly divergent with the world regarding the assumptions and the presuppositions that we have in society, uh, we need to be uh, more enthusiastic about what um, God has to say about the world and reality. We need to become more joyful and have a deeper urgency. I think sometimes our reluctance isn't just about a fear about what people will say, but I think part of it is a distrust in that what God has to say is truly good. If we do believe that people are heading towards destruction or people are engaging in practices that lead to destruction and destroy society, then we should want to speak and say, don't do that. We should want to say, there's a better way, God's way. Yet we find ourselves oftentimes silencing ourselves. And it's not just that the Christian view is diverging from uh, the view of society, but there is this general polarisation in society, isn't there, of um, of different views and more anger between pe- different people with different views, as um, Twitter is often a very good example of. So how do you think, Ben, we should be using things like Twitter, or should we be using Twitter? Well, in, at the end of verse 15, uh, Peter writes, we, we do all this with gentleness and respect. And I think there is a temptation when it comes to social media on Twitter, for example, um, to do hot takes, to do 
um, unnuanced tweets to, to, to be shock jocks or whatever. I, I see that temptation in my own life, you know, wanting to be controversial for controversy's sake. Um, but the reality is we need to have that gentleness and that respect. You know, I think it, one conservative commentator is famous for saying facts don't care about your feelings. And, and whilst that's true, um, the reality is, is we, we should care about people's feelings. We shouldn't let feelings dictate to us our own beliefs and dictate to us um, everything that we say. No, of course not. But the reality is, is, well, we care about people. We care about them as human beings made in the image of God. That's what, you know, this whole series is about. Um, yes, truth will sometimes be offensive. Uh, but we shouldn't think that, oh, we're just trying to win, win an argument or, oh, we're speaking truth just to offend people. Um, that's not what it's about. It's about speaking truth to declare the Lordship of Christ. And what we want to see is to see people come to Christ, apply Christ's Lordship and worldview and law in all areas of their lives. Um, that's really what we want to see. And, and in fact, in, in some areas, um, and some areas, this might be a strategic thing to be co-belligerents with um, those who might hold similar views, um, but who aren't in Christ. But we need, to, we, but we must never forget that they themselves need Christ as well. They themselves are perishing and heading to destruction. And I think sometimes with the the rhetoric of these two sides, as you spoke about those who those who um, hold these orthodox views and those who are, are liberal, for example, um, we end up allying ourselves with those who are themselves opposed to Christ. Uh, and so I think if we if we reclaim who we are in Christ and that we're doing it, we're engaging for Christ, we're doing it, we're proclaiming his lordship, we're not just proclaiming, um, you know, traditional values or whatever, um, and we realise we need to do that with gentleness and respect, then I think that would really help with our discourse. And we even need to be aware that even among our quote-unquote enemies on the other side of these issues, say in liberal Christianity, there are some people who have just been swallowed up in that movement and are genuine Christians but are just very confused. And we need to remember those people as we as we speak about these things as well. But what's interesting in uh, Peter's uh, verses here is that even when we're doing things with gentleness and respect, it's quite possible to have people speaking maliciously against us and, and slandering us. So in this current culture, there can sometimes be a victim mentality that weaponizes concepts like hate incidents and hate crimes in order to paint someone as being hateful, even when they're being gentle and respectful in what they say. Um, so we need to be aware of that as Christians, that even when we do our real best, to be gentle and respectful to all, it's sometimes not painted as such. Well, we need to make sure, verse 16, that they're ashamed of their slander. And, and so we, we need to make sure that their slander is slander and that there is no truth to it. And we are, we should expect to be slandered um, for proclaiming Christ and proclaiming his truth and his lordship. But we do need to make sure that we guard against ourselves, that we walk with integrity um, and love and grace um, in all that we do. And speaking of that love, in our final episode, which will be the next one, we'll be looking at that famous verse, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And we'll be thinking about how our Christian witness uh, reflects those truths. So join us then on the uh, final episode of the In His Image podcast. <laughs>